This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 190, Strengthen Your Leadership. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, my friend. Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I have a special treat. I have my client, Audrey Blair, on the show talking in her zone of genius, which is leadership. Audrey is a leadership coach herself, and she is a consultant specializing in change management and digital transformation. With 25 years in information technology, she leverages her experience as a consultant coach and leader to uncover core issues to build a strategy for change. I must admit, although I I coach Audrey, you know, really seeing her in her zone of genius during this interview was so eye-opening to me, and I learned so much more about leadership. She talks about the different levels of leadership and which one you go through and what that looks like, which I had never heard before, and talking about the different struggles at each level. And so I encourage you just to sit back and listen and take in all that she has to offer you today because it's quite a lot, my friend. You know, as I even record this intro, it's been months since we've recorded this episode and I still am thinking about this interview and I honestly can't wait to listen to it back when it's edited out in the world like it is for you right now. It's, it's that good. So without further ado, here is my interview with Audrey Blair. All right, Miss Audrey Blair, today is podcast day. It is. We've been talking about this for months and it's just jumped up on us. We're like, oh, today, oh crap, here we are, here we are. Okay, so I wanted to bring you on the show because as you and I have been coaching together, Mm -hmm. you just dropped these nuggets about leadership and I've been following your stuff about leadership and I'm like, damn, this is some good shit. (laughs) we need to have a specific conversation around this and for you to teach us all the things about leadership and help us strengthen it. So thanks for, you know, sharing your wisdom with us today. Well, thank you. I better pull up some of that stuff I said and remind myself. (laughs) (laughs) Your research is coming out. Just let it flow, Audrey. Let it flow. 
you've got more Isn't than that hilarious how it just always shows up I mean yes. it's just gonna be who I am right yes yes um yes. so I think yes. you could talk about this with your eyes closed if you want. probably but at first my initial thought is oh let me be sure so <laughs> yeah okay so where I want to go first is let's just talk like very basic level what qualities do you think make a strong leader you know, that's funny that you asked that because as I was thinking about, you know, talking to you, one of the things that I've been working with clients on is the idea that there is no singular profile that actually fits what a good leader is. Now, I got this mostly from one, from experience, but two, I'm also, you know this, but I'm also an associate faculty with the Center for Creative Leadership where I uh, facilitate. I'm also an executive coach. And according to their data as well, there isn't necessarily a particular profile. So a lot of times people will come and they'll go, well, if I were just a little bit more outgoing, or if I were just a little bit more of this or that. And so what I try and help them to focus on though, is let's just start with where you are first and let's enhance what your natural talents are. And we can build on your influence based on what you can bring. So it's almost like if you, you know, if you take a little bit of that kind of the strength finder mentality of just a touch and go, let's focus on what you can bring and enhance those and spend 80% of the time enhancing those and 20% of the time working on some areas where you might define quote unquote weaknesses, you're going to get a lot more traction in, in who you are, what you bring. So, you know, kind of that whole introvert versus extrovert versus your MBTI versus all of these things. What I'm finding is that what's most important is that you are settled in to your own strengths. And I talk a lot about how you show up and that needs to come from your internal motivation and confidence. And when you show up differently, it forces people to respond to you differently. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's one of those things. So I, so I know I didn't necessarily answer your question because, because there isn't necessarily a singular answer. So now back to actually answering your question <laughs> is who makes the best leaders are the ones that have the confidence and the value that they bring. They know how they show up. They understand their presence. They understand the influence that they have and how they can use it. Mm. I mean, you answered that better. If you would have said, well, it's five qualities. I would have been like, let's (laughs) break that down. And it's true. It's like, take who you are, make that that a leader, right? Mm -hmm. Understand what you're not good at. Yeah. Yeah, and being confident in that, right? Mm -hmm. So good, Andre. So good. Okay. So what comes up for me next is where do you see people falling short the most of them, in essence, being a really strong leader? Yeah, part of it is, um, and and I'll say this over and over again, is understanding their own personal value, what they bring, because they're looking for the so-called uh, qualities of a leader and not necessarily matching them to who they are. So first we can get rid of that. So one of the things is not understanding the value that they bring, but then also trusting, trusting their own instincts in things. It, it takes work. It takes a lot of mind management and understanding how to move 
from, and there are kind of four roles that, that leaders can play, right? So there's your kind of individual contributor and not that that's any less of a leader, but, but, but your task and your focus is, is very specific. It's what you bring, uh, you're contributing individually. You're not necessarily directly influencing or uh, responsible for other people's work product, if you will. Right. And then you can move into kind of a, a a project manager where you're managing maybe people on project, then you move into more of a director or kind of more of a manager leader, and then more of a, a larger leader within the organization, more of an executive within the organization. And as you move through those various roles, your focus shifts and changes. So going from you know, individual contributor all the way to kind of coach as leader and influencer where you're now influencing and helping to create additional leaders. So as you're going through those phases, it's important to understand what it is that you need to bring and what areas you need to stress and grow in, depending on which role you're playing. So you have to know which role you're playing at what, what given at any given time in order to then focus uh, correctly. Okay. I've never thought about it like that. In essence, it's like a growth chart. Very similar, very similar to a growth chart yeah. or, or just even just a pie chart. So so if I, you know, on any given month, day, period, whatever, you look at your pie chart, go, what is it that I'm doing this day, this week, this month? And you address, you, you adjust accordingly, right? Mm. So how much of it, how much am I playing the leader? How much am I playing the project manager? How much of my own time and energy and focus is important for whatever this project that I'm working on? How much of my influence then in directing others? So you then allocate time and energy and resources based on what it is that you, the outcome of what you're, what you're looking for. Okay. I'm a little mind blown by this. <laughs> I'm like, whew. Okay. I want to go back to what you said earlier. It's like knowing what role you're playing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell us more about that. How can we know what role we're playing? Oh, okay. Well, so Part of it is going to be defined by your actual role within maybe an organization, right? Some of it is the title. Some of it is, do I directly manage other people? Does anyone report to me, for example? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have any of that going on, then you, for the most part, are an individual contributor. That doesn't mean you're not a leader, right? So here's the first thing you have to kind of get through your head and go, well, that means I'm not a leader. No, because leadership and I'm going to go a little bit. John, John Maxwell defines leadership as influence, nothing more, nothing less. I like the simplicity of that. I think it's a little bit more though, but it does entail influence. So you can still have influence as that individual contributor. However, the majority of the time that you're spending as that individual contributor is your zone of expertise, what you're brilliant at. And so what impact you can make by your work product whatever that is and however you define that within your organization. So that's the first part. And most of us, everyone plays that role at some point. For, for the most part, starting out, that's what people play. But there are definitely high level uh, people within organizations that are in that individual contributor role. Okay. I'm so, just sitting with the audience. You're going. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. You have a question. What, what is it? What's the I question? Mean, I'm just like looking at it from a different consciousness now that you're bringing this forth. I'm just, okay. So I'm always looking at this from the lens of the work that I do, right? Mm -hmm. I know you work with most people in corporate. 
I work with women who may have leadership roles at work, but they definitely have leadership roles at home and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at somebody as an overall leader in all areas of life and they're saying, okay, where do I fit in here? What, where's my influence or what stage am I at in essence? I don't know how we'd want to word it, but you can tell me like what, Mm -hmm. what is it they need to sit down with and chew on? All right. So, and this does apply across the board. So let me simplify it a little bit for across these four roles, if you will. And I'll, I'll give them some, some different names. So one, I talked about that individual contributor, right? Let's call that the player. Okay. Okay. You do, you do things. Your focus is on doing, getting it done. You can say do or deliver. So I'm delivering. This is my responsibility to deliver my hands, my, whatever I'm saying I'm delivering. Okay. Okay. The next phase you want to say manager here, you're directing. So whether it's a project could be a project could be people, but now you are, you're directing. There's a little bit more that's out of your control. You're still doing some, but now you're directing tasks for others, right? During the, Mm -hmm. during this project, during this, this process. Okay. Then you move into, uh, we'll call it coach, right? So, so here you are, I call it encouraging, right? So you, you encourage, you are asking questions, you're inquiring, you are figuring out what they need, how to help them, things like that. So you are working more from that, the aspect of now, okay, I'm doing less. um, I'm directing less. I'm now working on allowing other people to figure out how to solve these problems. I'm not solving the problems for them, but I'm helping, I'm guiding. Mm. And then finally, as leader, here you are empowering or inspiring. So again, you are not, you're not necessarily directing at all. You are, there's a little bit of management that's going on guidance. There's, there's some of that, there, there's a lot of, there's some of that coaching, but here now I'm inspiring others through now my actions. And now I'm actually handing over some of that responsibility and helping other leaders to then grow under, under my leadership. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, so whether that's in your household, so think about it from perspective of I'm, 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 I'm also a homemaker and a mother. So there are certain parts of, of the time where I am, I got to get this done. I'm, I'm the one that's, that's making dinner because for whatever, we've got to get it done. The majority of that falls under my responsibility. But then as my kids get older, especially my daughter, who's interested in it, then I'm now Sometimes I play the role of managing her and in, in, in doing some of these things. And then now I'm coaching her where I'm just giving her guidance and giving her rein and saying, you go for it. Do you want to handle dinner today? Right. And then finally, we're not there yet, but finally then she's off on her own and she's kind of leading her own household and, and doing that herself. Right. So yeah. there are lots of ways that that can be applied and it doesn't necessarily only focus just on the, in the work workplace. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what comes up for me, Audrey. It's Uh-oh. like, I think this is why, especially as women, you know, obviously this show for women, I don't know how men feel, but I feel like we wear so many hats in so mm-hmm. many ways. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing it under these, in essence, four like sub hats between many roles that we have. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. said, sometimes they're the player, sometimes they're the coach, the manager, the mm-hmm. leader. And so that just opens up so much new consciousness for me of sometimes when I'm like, why am I so tired? Or why does this feel so overwhelming? Or why do I feel like I'm having to switch hats there? Or what hat am I wearing here? Yep. 
it's just a lot to take in. Okay, so then my question goes to, now we know we have these hats or these sub hats. Mm -hmm. How do we start to manage all of them better and know which one to pull from when? Great question. And a little bit of trial and error, especially when you start feeling, you know, tired and overwhelmed. A lot of times that's the indication that we might be doing a little bit too much and we have to let one or the other go, especially when it comes to women. They're the ones that want to, oh, I'll take care of it. Oh, I'll do it. Oh, if it's going to meet my standard, then that means I have to do it. Or if it's going to meet, you know, there's only one way that this can be done. So let me go ahead and take care of that. Some of that is just loosening up and letting that go and trusting the people that are around you and trusting that you have actually managed and trained and coached them in the way that they should go. So you have to allow others to put some of that into practice. And that doesn't mean there's not any correcting along the way, but some of it is just letting it go and letting them handle it and do it themselves. So that's, that's, that, that is definitely one part. The other thing is looking at the task at hand and what, what it is that you need to do and deciding which role you're going to play, which then, as I said, you can allocate the energy accordingly. You can't be doing, 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 and trying to manage, manage, manage. It just doesn't work. Right. You cannot do it. Yeah. So you have to separate out some of those duties and understand what that takes. And it requires different kinds of energy as well, a different mindset. So if you're not clear on that, it can be easily frustrating and easily exhausting. Yeah. Okay. So we can, can we talk about the mindset piece? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of people who listen to this show, yeah. what's the first stage again? What's the first role? Individual contributor. Individual contributor. Okay, mm-hmm. so they've been an individual contributor for a mm-hmm. while because we all yeah. kind of start there. And then they're in a season where they're moving up, in essence, the chain. They're going to manager, coach, leader. Mm-hmm. So what would you say are the mindset shifts that need to happen to get you into manager? Mm, good. So part of it is, and there's a couple of them here, and some of this is understanding your personality and how easy or not easy it is for you to let go. So part of it is now you are directing. And when you're directing, there's, you have to give up a little bit of that control in essence of what's actually happening. Somebody else has to do some of the work. Someone else is doing some of the work. So you're there, all of these, you know, you're there to provide some, some guidance But you have to move out of that where you are, the energy is on the physical task itself, right? So you have to open up some brain space to allowing for someone else to ask questions. So you have to be prepared to how would I answer questions for them where they might be getting stuck? How do I, you know, uh, help them to be clear? How am I clear about the expectation and what this should look like in the end. So you have to shift from having, holding all of that internally without having to explain that to anyone to now thinking through, how do I simplify this enough for someone else to understand it? So now I can give them the reins to go start doing some of this work themselves. So there's a little bit of a transition in saying it out loud and saying it enough times where, again, you can where it's simple and understandable for someone else. Because how I might be saying it to myself in my own head, if I said that to someone else, they'd be lost. They wouldn't know what I'm talking about. So I have to then learn to communicate that 
direction with clarity to another person. Yeah. So what I hear in that, Audrey, in essence, is learning to let go is the mindset shift. Learning mm -hmm. you're going to have to spend more time in your communication to ensure they understand it. Correct. Um, knowing you're going to have to let go of actually doing and more of the guiding piece mm -hmm. of it too. Yeah. And like letting mistakes happen. Yes. And that's the other mind shift, letting mistakes yeah. happen and the mind shift of being open to answering questions without not getting frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. I had a manager once, my God, it was like, <laughs> we just let us ask questions. Jeez Louise. Don't take offense to it. Okay. So then those are some of the shifts to go to manager. What about manager mm -hmm. to coach? Yeah. So manager, manager to coach, you're thinking about kind of, so leading, so we're, we're talking about individual contributor, leading people and projects, leading leaders or leading others. Um, so manager to coach is similarly furthering that mindset of asking now questions. How would they handle this rather than you directing how something should be done? It's now empowering them or, or allowing them to think through problem solving themselves. Mm. So that requires a lot more openness and a mm. lot more kind of hands off. Because if you think about leading others and, and, and then eventually leading, leading leaders, you want to test, if you will, how they might handle something under your, under your tutelage, right? Say, I'll use the same analogy as a mother again, right? There are certain mistakes I want my kids to make while they're still living at home with me so that when those mistakes are made and those failures happen, one, I can be there to, to help. Um, and then we can talk through, well, what are the lessons learned here versus them experiencing some of this stuff out without ever knowing. And then they, then they're floundering. They know, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. I have, I have an example of that. If you're interested in hearing just something we did when we were on oh, vacation go for just it. recently. Well, I mean, it loosely fits, but we were, um, we just got back from vacation. We were out in Lake Tahoe and, uh, we were staying in the place called Incline Village and this is summertime. So there's not a lot of ski things going on. So we were walking around the village and there was a, a museum there. And I had gone out early that morning on a walk and I saw the museum and I thought, oh, we should come check this out a little bit later. It was interesting because they were, they were like, oh, we're the number one Dr. Seuss museum. And, you know, we kind of like museums anyway. So we went uh, that late morning, early afternoon kind of time frame. And so we get in there, we're looking around, it's beautiful, all the stuff. Well, long story short, I won't get into it, but uh, we're kind of a Trekkie family. We have Star Wars, Star Trek and all that stuff. And I don't know how the, the, uh, we started getting in a conversation with the, uh, the manager that was there and he goes, you know, I have something for you guys. And so he talked about an artist who has done, who has pieces that are in uh, almost all of the Star Trek um, tracks family. So like if, if you're watching, <laughs> Such a nerd, but if you're watching Second Generation, <laughs> you're, like, you're like, Why did I bring this story? Up? I know, right? And like, if you know Jean Luc Picard and his ready room, right? Like, he some of his pieces are in that in that place, and he has some pieces different places throughout the Star Trek universe, if you will. Well, that artist had retired, and his pieces were at one point selling for twenty grand a piece. Mm. He has since come back and now this art manager is managing him and is bringing back some of his pieces, but he's starting out relatively low. So we have some pieces that are like three grand, somewhere between three and 25 and $3,500 for these, for these pieces. And we were chatting. So it came up where they were like, and, and 
my daughter was interested in one of the pieces. And we're like, well, if you know, if you, that's your decision, but it's your money, right? We'll bank, we'll be the bank for you, but that means you're going to have debt. That means you're going to, you know, have to earn, she's 15. So she can't quite get a you know job just yet. We, we have stuff around and she's got some money in the bank already. Uh, so we're going through this. And then my son who's 13 was like, oh, I'm interested now too, which just, I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Okay. Let me take a step back. But we thought, you know what, what a great opportunity for them to learn this this process, if you will, the, the time value of money, how hard they're going to have to work to actually earn back. So they, they themselves purchased $3,000 each, $3,000, three grand worth of, so now they're, they are a collector, they're an investor, because also with this artist and the manager, every year that art, he's going to increase the value 40%. So it's kind of a no, it's kind of a no lose situation for them because next wow. year they can resell it with a 40% increase on their investment already. But eventually, and this artist, he's like 80 years old. He's not going to be around much longer. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to say that, but, but art, posthumous art is increases in value. And like I said, this guy at one point, his paintings were 20 grand. It'll be another, you know, 10 years, they'll be back there, right? But in any case, giving them the opportunity to invest their money, to, you know, have, have a, a loan, uh, to pay it back, uh, to understand terms, all of that, and some of that. So they're going to have a little bit of the control. Now, you know, again, we are now kind of leading them in that in that way, but they're going to have that experience before they, they leave the house, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, so in that managing them, coaching them, mm-hmm. leading them even. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Audrey, that's good. That's what's tricky about as your kids get older too. It's like, wait a second, the hats start to shift. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're like, man, this just feels so uncomfortable here. And now I know it's because these little sub hats are shifting. That's right. In essence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So going back to coach, the mindset shifts there. Mm -hmm. It's really like letting your manager start to figure things out on their own, guiding them some, but like just asking them, putting the power back on them. Yes. So then what about the mindset shifts from coach to leader? Yeah. So leader, 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 you're thinking more about leading the business, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is all up. So this is now, you know, multiple leaders, the direction of the organization or the direction of your team, if you will. Um, here, your focus is to inspire or empower others uh, and, and help with alignment on the direction of where you're going. So there's a difference between agreement and alignment. You can have alignment. Is, alignment is very powerful. Doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has to be 100% agreement, but if we're aligned in the direction that we're going, if we're aligned in what our mindset should be and, and is, then we can get much further. We're all rowing in the same direction. We know what path we're on and all of that. And so now when you're thinking about leading the business, if you will, and however you're defining that business, that is your, that now becomes your overall responsibility. So you're just making sure that everyone is getting what they need. So they, what resources they need, whether it's training or a little bit more time with you or, you know, time with someone else or, you know, more coaching, all of those things, you are now overseeing all of that and kind of steering where the boat is going. Yeah. Okay. I want to bring up something here. You'll get a kick out of this. (laughs) This is, let's bring up entrepreneurs. Any entrepreneurs okay. in the house? Audrey and I are one. 
Yes. This is why as entrepreneurs too, we're like, holy, there's like a lot going on here, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to lead, we're trying to coach, we're trying to manage, we're, you know, individual contributor. There's a lot at play. And I think sometimes too, as entrepreneurs, like, oh, I want to be at that leader level. And you want to be there so quickly. But the reality is it takes time and it takes training people underneath you to get to that spot so that you you have have space to lead. That's right. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you have to spend a lot of time in that very first slot in that individual contributor do role. And you're right. People want to get out of that as, as quickly as, as possible. You know, I don't want to be the player. I want to be the leader, but you have to start out as the player. One, it will help you with the mindset of understanding what tasks actually need to get done. If this is a new business for you, if this is a new thing for you, I can take my expertise and apply it, but there's all the nuances of running a business that are very different than you showing up at a client and just dropping your knowledge and and moving on because there's, there's so many steps to even get there that maybe you don't have the experience doing this. You have to become the doer and you have to become proficient at being the doer. And you and I have talked about this, right? There are certain things that I'm good at doing. There's other things I'm not so great at doing. So I have to be patient and take the time to be that doer in the areas that I know that my business needs. It's painful. It's a painful process because <laughs> yes, in some ways you feel like I'm starting all over again, but you are deciding that the beauty of that is I get, I'm deciding that I'm putting myself in that position. And so, you know, that's, and I'm okay with that, but yes, starting out and going back to that doer mindset. And sometimes you have to come back to that doer mindset. See, these things are not just linear, it's non-linear and, and it's iterative. So on a given day and any new, maybe pro, you know, product you might be launching or I might be launching, we have to go back to that doer mode mm. to start again yep. and go through that process again. We can become, we're more efficient at it after the more we do it, but you cannot skip that, cannot skip that. Yeah. I just think you've opened up so much grace for myself, Audrey, (laughs) because I think sometimes we don't have these tangible steps or roles or whatever we're going to call it. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. man, why does this feel hard? And then we start to internalize that when the reality is, is like, in this example, it's like, oh, okay. I'm just trying to shift between these different Mm -hmm. roles and that's okay. Yeah. It's going to feel a little uncomfortable. It's going to feel a little hard. That's it. That's just part of it no big deal. It's nothing wrong with me. I'm not doing it wrong here. It's just what it is, what it is. Right. right. It's part of the process. Nothing's, part of the nothing's process. broken. Same thing. And I'll again, shout out, right. For the mothers out there, as your kids reach certain milestones and then transition into different phases of their life, guess what? You have to start over again too. It's not a linear process. Totally. You have yeah. to reset yourself on some of those things. Yeah. yeah. I realize this the hard way because my daughter and son are seven years apart. And so she was starting to get to a phase where more manager, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have him and it's like, you're totally in. <laughs> like, whoa, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So the other thing I want to mention too, I want to bring it back to what you said at the very beginning when I asked what qualities make a quote unquote strong leader, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really taking your strengths. We mentioned you. You know, you mentioned the Strengths Finder, Clifton Strengths, and looking at those, which you know I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And I would argue here. I think you would argue with me is that having that information 
at any stage in the game is so important. Knowing yourself on a really deep level and being self-aware, be it your strengths, the way you operate, et cetera, et cetera. So then you know, oh, okay, here's how I can be either, you know, the quote unquote best or most authentic or most in alignment individual contributor and then manager and then coach and then leader. Right, Audrey? Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Because, because different strengths will actually lend themselves differently in each of those roles that you play. And some of them you don't necessarily need as much of in each of those roles as well. So understanding, right. Having, as you mentioned, having that awareness to know when I need what, uh, that's just, that's, that's experience. That's time. That's, that's you being willing to see that, um, and work with that and and having whatever comes up, be okay. Uh, and then working through it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So again, to me, it all comes back to the power of self-awareness. I think the Harvard Business Review always says that is like, you know, it's not really about the qualities you have, it's how self-aware you are. Yeah. Sense. And you're saying that too. I am. And then, and I would love to add on to that is, is how you use them or how you leverage them. Mm, um, yeah. You can't just be aware of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because that's, that's the point. first step. The first step. It, that's only the first. So, so change, right? We talk about the change process. Um, awareness is the first step. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it's good step. It's a it's a necessary step. You don't get far without it. But is the first step. Yeah. What would you say? Is step two. Um, I would say like implementation. No, that is not the next step. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You tell me, what do you think? (laughs) So awareness is one thing. The, the next step, uh, I'll call it, um, I'll call it decision. You have to decide and commit to actually continuing on. (laughs) I might have some qualities and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But I, I I don't, what if I, if I don't want to use it, if I don't want that, you have to just, you have to make a decision. You have to decide you can't implement without a decision. You have to understand your why and why you have, you're aware now, why do I want to, why do I even want to do this? Why is this important? Yeah. So you have to make that commitment. You have to understand that why before you can move on to, to the, to the third step. What would you say? For the <laughs> then the third step is, is, um, I call it capability, understanding where the gaps are knowledge or capability. So am, am I capable? Do I need more? Do I need more understanding? Now you're going to call this the researcher in me, but there isn't, that is a necessary step because after that, then it's, it's capacity. Do I have the capacity to actually do these things? If I'm taking on five things, do I have the capacity to do that? I can't, you know, if you are not able to be committed to all of those things at the same level, then you have to make those adjustments. And then it's implementation and, and mm-hmm. reinforcement. I need that capacity stuff. <laughs> I have a high strength of activator, which is like, yes, do yes. it now. And then I'm like, oh, crap. I did not have the capacity for this. Yes. <laughs> That's good, Andre. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like, you know, counting, I'm counting the cost, if you will. Like, do I even have what it takes? Do I have the energy, the time, all of those mm-hmm. things actually to complete this? Oh, that's, that's part of it. Yeah, so it, but it all starts, as you said, with that self awareness, and that that lends itself throughout every phase. Totally, totally. Okay, I want to end with this before we talk about all the things you do in the world, Audrey. 
Okay. So, you know, I coach a decent amount of leaders. I know you coach a lot of leaders. Mm-hmm. And constantly, and I think of this as I, you know, evolve in my leadership. Leadership is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to do a lot of mindset work with it myself and with my clients that they're like, you know, all those those common phrases, it's lonely at the top, you know, it's hard, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So why do you think leadership can be hard? Why do I think leadership can be hard? Yeah. So what you said? Yeah. Because it is hard. <laughs> <laughs> because it is. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, there's a couple things and I'll use a couple different, I'll tell you a couple different stories and a couple, a couple things that I see happening just with, with clients in general. Uh, a lot of times people, you know, they, they have a goal and there's nothing wrong with, you know, obviously you, you're reaching milestones and goals and things like that. But see there, sometimes we have this inkling that if I reach X, that means I will be more confident or feel better, or there's something there's something under that a lot of times, but the challenge is as you, as you raise up and as you become a leader, what happens is no matter where you go, there you are. And so, especially with some of those things that you don't deal with, if you're, if you're relying on that leadership, that title, that whatever to bring the confidence, guess what happens? Your insecurity gets magnified now that you're a leader, because now there's more eyes on you. Now there's more responsibility on you. It's not that that brings, and it's a great celebration. Don't get me wrong. Let's celebrate. You've earned it, all of those things. But until you deal with what you think it's supposed to fulfill, it's only going to magnify the opposite. So you have to understand what it is that I need to kind of work on and I can step into and show up in that place that if it doesn't look exactly the way I thought it was going to look, then I'm not focusing on and making it about me. It's just this challenge that my value can now overcome and what I bring to the table can overcome. And that's, that's, a, that's a challenging shift for folks. Mm-hmm. I've had several clients who are like, well, now I have this new role. I'm, I'm a director. That's I'm like, oh, fantastic. And they're like, but I'm still <laughs> X, Y. I, yeah, because there you are. <laughs> you haven't dealt with those things. They're going with you. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't shift because you have a new role or you're making more money that mm-hmm. none of that doesn't shift because of those external things that needs to come intrinsically from you. And that's where it's important to understand then how to, to handle and deal with yourself at that level. Cause now there's a different, cause now there's different players, right? Cause you thought oh, I'm going to manage cause I can manage all these people, these peers, I can manage you idiots. Right. <laughs> you know, but now he's like, Oh, this is a whole nother playing field. Mm-hmm. So whole, you have a whole nother set of peers and people that you are working with and all of that. Yeah. Right. So yep. it makes me think about a lot of times when you are the individual contributor, mm-hmm. right? You're like, oh, if I, if I manage, I would do this. Or if I did it, I'd do it this way. And then you get mm-hmm. in the role and you're like, oh shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not realize everything that came with this. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And exactly. I would, I would agree completely with it magnifies everything. And I think if we bring up the motherhood thing too, think about the mothers out there. When you have kids, you're like, oh, this thing's now magnified for me or this thing is now magnified for me. Yes. Yeah. And wait till as they start getting older and they start mimicking some of your weaknesses, you're like, holy crap, they got that from me. (laughs) Now Mm -hmm. you're seeing it, you know? And so, yes, absolutely. All of those things are, are magnified for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So at the end of the day, which is fine, but yeah, but how you handle it, right? That's why mindset matters so much. You right, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mindset, and I think you know, feeling your feelings and like having your own support system in that. Because when I hear like leadership's lonely at the top, and when I get in those mindsets, I'm like, whoa, we're not going here. Like, I need a peer group. I need my own coach. I need my own people that will support me in this because we all need support. We all need somebody to help us out in that, you know? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, and, you know, you talk about, you know, feeling feelings. I think, yes, but not indulging in them, using as in, using them as information. Yes. And then making a decision and responding accordingly. Yeah. People, some people feel like feeling my, I'm just going to feel them all. Okay. Yes. But they're there to give you information. What information are you gathering from your emotions, from your feelings? And now how do I respond in a way that is in line with my values, with my mindset, with what it, what it is that I'm trying to do with my worldview. Right. So you have to put those things into perspective. Totally. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I see with newbie leaders is they're just like feeling it all. In some ways are somehow are totally shut off, but the ones that are feeling it all, it's like, okay, we feel it. And then we move on. You know, we make, like you said, make the decision, move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. Audrey, tell us all about you, where they can find you, what it's like to work with you, all the things. Yeah. So well, there's a, I'm kind of, there's a few things going on right now. So you can find me at my website, AudreyBlair.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Audrey T. Blair. Um, and I, so right now I'm working with clients one-on-one. I work with, I work at a minimum of with, at, for six months with a client. So I don't do one-off or one month or anything like that. The clients that are coming to me, they're, you know, we have, we're, we're on a journey. Um, so we work at, at least for six months, most of my clients then at least will continue on for, for another six months for, for a year or so, but we start with six months. Um, and then I have a couple things that are in the works. Can I talk about those things as of well? Of course. Yeah. So I'm right now I'm developing a podcast as well. It's called change is hard. So I'm a certified change practitioner with, uh, with pro And so I, I kind of use that in uh, my coaching as well, but the podcast isn't just about those. It's, it's, it's stories from everyday people about what some of the challenges they have overcome in life or what are they in the middle of and what makes it so difficult. Uh, but it's a little bit tongue in cheek. Change is hard. We know we all have to do it. It doesn't have to be so hard, but again, so, so that, that's um, actually, that'll be available uh, and anywhere that, you know, you get your podcast. And then I'm also working on a group, pro, uh, a group coaching program called the leadership lab. And here I'm going to build in the various certifications and assessments that I have, the leadership development certifications and assessments that I have. And uh, the concept is where leaders can come together and try some of these things out, right? So understanding who you are, working with other leaders to talk about some of the challenges that they might be experiencing. And so then there'll be, you know, regular coaching and periodically I will do, you know, workshops and things like that, that will be available for those that are in the community. Mm, I'm excited about that for you. There's a little part of me too. That's like, like I told you when you said the name to me the other day, I was like, Ooh, I like, (laughs) we need more spaces as leaders to have that support and be around other people like that. You know, I was 
doing some little research. <laughs> and uh, I was, my background is actually in IT and technology. So I spent 25 years in, in technology and various roles and things like that. And when I was looking for that kind of community specifically for, especially for those coming from a more technical background into leadership, because that is also, it's, it's a hard shift anyway. For some reason, that particular shift is quite hard because you have to be so, it's very player oriented and you have to be such an expert in what you're doing. And then to, to take that and lead others can be a bit challenging. But uh, I say that to say, I couldn't find any necessarily a community for that. And so that's what kind of got stuck in the back of my mind. And I thought, where, where maybe, I, maybe I should create a, a place like that to, to explore some of these things. Uh, for leaders to emerge, evolve, and grow in their leadership. Yeah. Okay. We could do a total different episode about people <laughs> in IT getting into leadership because now my brain's like, oh, and this client, this client, this client, this client. <laughs> I think you're onto something there, Audrey. It is yeah. a hard transition. Mm-hmm. Especially my dad. I mean, my dad's an engineer and then he transitioned to leadership. Like it is, it's a very different skill set yes. and brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, all the links in the show notes everyone to find all of Audrey's stuff. Thank you for dropping all this wisdom today. I know you definitely opened up my mind. So (laughs) I'll be chewing on this for a long time. And everyone go find Audrey's podcast and go find how to work with her. Follow her on LinkedIn. She drops really great nuggets on LinkedIn. I don't ever get on LinkedIn other than to just see what you put on there. (laughs) So that can be your LinkedIn inspiration, everybody. And um, Audrey, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero and you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book this book is a study guide for life enjoy and of course share this show with your friends i believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside the more you help others succeed the more you help yourself so share share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.